0: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member of I love Coming
1: point
0: right there. Nobody
1: here loves them. Welcome to Celtic Stuff Live on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage for your Boston Celtics. And we're back. It took a trade deadline, <laughs> but we're back. It's been about a month and a half, John, and it's been about as bad as it could be. And it's been bouncing back the right way, just about as good as it could. And the trade deadline, shaking it up. Kind of making a push, but also setting up for the future. Brad seems to be doing a nice little dance around that. This roster overall balanced much better than last year, but still disjointed in many ways. One of the ways that I know you disliked was no playing time for the youngsters. Well, youngster looks like they created an opportunity for Peyton Pritchard and Aaron Neesmith to emerge with a few extra minutes. They take Josh Richardson. Um, And essentially Dennis Schroeder, (laughs) maybe not in the same deal, but they basically flip those two and get Tice instead of Cantor in that rotation. That's an upgrade at the big man spot for sure. And then obviously we get Derek white, who is an upgrade over Josh Richardson and a better fit than Dennis Schroeder. I don't know if he's going to be able to, you know, come right in and, and take over a game and maybe win a couple. But the problem with Schroeder was he, he didn't fit. That wasn't going to happen all the time. And I love the assist numbers and the defense from White. He's just going to – I think that's going to balance things out on this roster immensely. And they get under the cap, which is something that was a bit of a goal when you know that you're waffling on are we a contender or a pretender, which they've been doing all season long.
0: Yeah, I, I think they've – I think they really took – um you know, they, I don't want to say they rolled the dice because I, I don't think there was a really high bar. Um, maybe that draft pick in 2028, uh, that's that, that, uh, that pick, uh, pick swap to, to, to San Antonio was a bit of a, a high risk. Um, I'd say the next highest risk probably was Josh Richardson and, and him being probably the seventh man on this team, uh, maybe sixth man. And removing him from the situation and instead plugging in a different player in that spot. Um, so there, there was a little bit of risk in that regard. But, but honestly. And Richardson
1: was a big part of what they've been doing recently. Right.
0: Yeah. I, 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 I want to say, I think that he was really, uh, uh, I, I was really lamenting that loss because mm-hmm. as, as we got to like late morning um, before the, the trade broke. For for white, uh, I was you know thinking, oh well, if they move Richardson, it better be for somebody who's just considerably better because it just felt like they played so long trying to find that piece that could play on the wing next to Jalen and Jason, provided a good enough level of defense, but also you know make enough shots, right? It oh, it's really the kept- three pointers.
1: It was the spacing of the floor it, piece. Well. Neesmith yes. wasn't knocking his down. Langford's minutes were not enough to, to really accomplish that. And Richardson was that. Could he resurrect his career in Boston and be that guy? He had just hit that stride. But so he was, he was on the rise.
0: He was also that first time in a, in a you know, it, it had been a year and a half since, since Gordon Hayward left. Right. And they had, they'd really not filled that void until Josh Richardson really came on after Christmas. And that, I was like, okay, all right, maybe we've got something here. But, you know, I like the gamble. I like the gamble for Derek White. I think, you know, he's smaller than than uh, Richardson. He's, uh, this year, certainly not shooting the three ball nearly as well. But in terms of his path and his, you know, his age and all of that, certainly a better fit with with where Tatum, Brown and Smart are. Um, and you know, his pedigree. I mean, this is a guy who is, on Team USA two years ago with Ime and Tatum and Brown and Smart, uh, you know he's somebody who has you know potential. And I think the biggest thing, and that was you know that I was really entering this trade deadline looking at, is I wanted connector pieces. I wanted yeah. guys who made more out of what Tatum and Brown are. Because Five
1: point six assists, baby,
0: bingo! They needed more playmaking on this team. And while I think Richardson was good and hit those shots, having the that passing gene tuned up a little bit on this Celtics sub- roster, I think can be a huge help. And maybe removing Dennis Schroeder from that and inserting Derek White, I think really can be uh, enough of a, of, of a differential for them.
1: Well, and here's the other thing. The contract has got several years left on it, and it's a value contract as well. So this is a guy that's going to be around as long as they want him to be around as a key piece to build around Tatum and Brown. Like you're not going to get rid of a guy who's giving you, we'll see what he gives us, but pretty close to 15 and six at 15 million. That's and plays awesome defense, like take away the defense and maybe you're questioning it, but a stellar defender with 15 and six at 15 million for what? I think he's got three more years left. Two and a half. Rest of this uh, year, two more. I
0: think. I think. I think two more after. Yeah, two more. Yeah, right two
1: there. after this. So, I mean, yeah. that's that's a nice stabilizing piece. Um, Will complement Marcus, I think, pretty well. Uh I love the way the ball movement had been three, going on recently. Three more. Let me. Let me. I'll, it um, is three more I'll after this. Three more. That's what I thought this. at first. I thought, and I was like, wait a second, maybe I'm wrong. But yeah. Yeah. Sorry. So when you look at that, three more years at a value contract hitting his prime at age 27. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have him from, you know, 27 to 30, 31, whatever, depending on when his birthday is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's kind of that prime prime time. And I think and he, it's a definitely a tradable asset in the off season. If you decide that he isn't a good fit, but I see him as being a great fit next to smart, the ball movements, what's been impressing me as of late with the Celtics, like after this, mm-hmm not going anywhere, not doing anything, start to the season. Then you see Brown and Tatum doing a much better job of facilitating. Brown had, what, nine assists the other night, feeding Rob Williams like a beast. That was a lot of fun to watch. I think with all of that, you bring in another distributor that'll keep that ball moving, and it'll really steady coming off the bench. And I know we're going to see some increased minutes for Peyton Pritchard, but I guess looking at the way the defense has been, they're pretty happy with the starting lineup, but there's a lot of speculation and I can definitely see the reasons for putting Derek white into the starting lineup and moving Horford to the bench. But I don't think that's really what they have in mind. Do you
0: No, I think I don't think long-term that was what I was wondering if we'd get out of this trade deadline. Will we get an answer to what's the future beyond Al Horford? You know, the money and all that, that goes with that, you know, it was unlikely because of the fact we're in the trade deadline, probably something like that would be a, a summer conversation, a trade a draft situation. But he I think they leave Al Warford right where he is. And it's interesting. They like to start the game with the two bigs, but when you look at the rest of the game, it's one big almost the entire time.
1: So, so is Tyson like, insurance then?
0: Well, I, I, I think he absolutely is. Like I First
1: think. big off the bench yeah. and early minutes, yeah. insurance down down the stretch. I mean, because he's a great team defender. We already knew that about him. Uh, had a spot in the starting lineup, doesn't now. But right, but could get a lot of early minutes in games. If Al Horford gets hurt, you're not necessarily getting killed. And Derek White just, at that point, slots into the starting lineup. And that's the future, right? Smart, White, Brown, Tatum, Rob. I mean, that's, that's probably the next three years of Boston Celtics lineup after Al Horford.
0: Right. And, I, and Al Horford, you know, not knowing what's going to happen this summer with him because that's, that's an oddball type situation. And, and, you know, the funny thing with Tice, you know, so Tice has got three more years, uh, you know, roughly $9 million per year. Um, you know, so you've got, you know, between Tice and, uh, you know, and Rob. You really have about $20 million tied up in your two best centers, right? And if you can find that 3-4, that or you can find that guy who can be your power forward this summer, you know, and move on from Al Horford, well, now, now you're in a good position. You, got, you get $20 can devoted to those centers.
1: And, Why isn't it Tatum, though? I mean, I, I know that well, I'm the guy who preached Brown and Tatum at the 2 <laughs> and the 3. I know who I am. But 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 I also relinquished I that maybe two episodes ago, which does take yes. us back to the memory. That was like five months ago, but yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> but I did relinquish my take on that. So why not? Why not? If you know you've got two very solid defenders that are at 6'4", mm-hmm. at the one and the two who can both distribute and do a lot of creative things and share responsibilities for bringing the ball up the floor, when Al Horford's gone, mm-hmm. why not just let Tatum be the four at that point and Brown the three?
0: I think right now, Jason Tatum is the best power forward on the roster. You know? Absolutely. I, I think I think it's a I think it's kind of silly that we're we still kind of keep doing this. He's playing most of his most of his minutes at that position. I mean, it's kind of like Al Horford as a center, right? It's like, oh, we're not playing in the center, but then you look around at the end of the game, and where is he? He's the five at the end of the game. So it's kind of like this like Kabuki thing. I don't, you know, it's, you know, Aaron Beam is a good player here. Tyce Tice was a great player here, but Horford was the center. You know, let's not, like, it, it's kind of weird. I really don't understand why we do this. But um, in any event, it's, you know, Kevin Garnett not being seven foot. I mean, all these little weird quirky deals. But you're right. I, I think he is the guy. I think the issue, though, is they need another wing or swing guy. They need one more guy who, who is of that high caliber, starting caliber, who can –
1: who can put the ball on the floor? Who can shoot it? And who can defend and rebound a little bit? So who do you want on the bench guy? in that scenario? If you're talking to, start, or are you saying a six man but starting caliber guy? No, I, I'm, so I'm that saying they're this fully would be, six deep. I, yeah, I'm saying this is the starter. I'm saying this is
0: this is summer and beyond. I'm not, you know, there isn't. So you're right
1: saying now. Derek White is the six man, or Smart is the six man?
0: Yeah, I think I oh, I, I think Derek White is the six man. I think okay, I think that that. I think what Derek White is, is Marcus Smart
1: Insurance, is what he is. Mm. He, because they might move Marcus or lose Marcus, or because, because Marcus, Marcus could get hurt.
0: Bingo. I think because Marcus can get hurt, because Marcus needs to prove that he can continue to play like this. I mean, there is the way that Marcus is playing right now is the perfect complement to what Tatum and Brown are doing shooting the ball, maybe shooting, you know, catch and shoot three a little bit better, but this is, this just setting those guys up, letting them work and playing stellar defense. If that's what the sellers get out of the a point guard, I don't, don't, don't put a name to it, but get that out of a point guard. That's all they really need. Okay. Yeah. And that, <laughs> Marcus Smart's role in this resurgence is absolutely crucial. That's why to me he was not going to be moved today under any circumstance. It's why you know Tatum and Brown have played great. I think it's ultimately why Tatum ended up being a starter in the the All Star game. Smart helped to elevate him to that role. I mean Tatum Tatum's play, Tatum's you know the ability to find off the double and find the open guys. That's on him. I'm not trying to diminish Jason Tatum, but the fact that that Marcus Smart is playing so well right now as a complimentary piece to those guys, not taking that shine away, oof, that's what they needed. And, and I think Derek White is just sitting there in the wings. where if Marcus gets hurt, if Marcus says like he did earlier this year where he still wasn't recovered from the calf injury, um, you know, any of the, the hand thing, whatever it is with Marcus, you can plug and play Derek White right into there, and you're like, we haven't, we haven't missed a beat. We still have a facilitator unlike Schroeder. We still have somebody who can hit a three, unlike Schroeder. We still have a playmaker. We still, you know, we can still do those things. And because of his size, you can put Peyton Pritchard next to him and, and be able to still guard, you know, as a six four guard, he can still guard a shooting guard and have Pritchard take the, the, the point guard. So it, it does, it, it opens up that rotation there in the back quite a bit.
1: Yeah, it really does. And all right, so I can, I buy into... Derek white coming off the bench, but then that really does, as you said, set you up in the off season to try to find another one of those swing wings. And so is that something that you're going to give up more picks? Cause you know, we gave up a pick, we did a pick swap pick protected, only one through four. So not much protection really. No. Then, then the pick swap, I mean, if they play really well, that probably, you know, if they become the team that they could be, that probably doesn't matter. That pick swap is nothing. Um, but if I, I guess, are you using Horford's salary to make that move? Does Bradley Beal's injury take that completely out of the equation at this point? I think so. You don't, you really? you still, you still say you're going after Bradley Beal. Oh yeah. Oh, this is,
0: that's, I mean, to me, that was the only reason why the Celtics didn't take a bigger swing today was mm. was that they're keeping the powder dry for, for Beal, you know. And and the thing is that with Beal, um, you know, he's gonna be able to go where he wants to go. I mean, let's let's look at this James Harden situation, right? And I, I don't want, we don't need to get into the depth of it. We can, we can talk about what it means to the East maybe later on, but James Harden said, "I want to go there." They still got a good package. Cause it's, it's a like-
1: short drive,
0: dude. That guy, <laughs> yeah, exactly. that guy's out
1: of shape as hell. You know what I yeah, mean? Like, he doesn't that's why right. I have to go
0: far. I can't stand that long in my car. My sciatic is gonna act up. You know, um, he, <laughs> he he he. have uh, hamstring <laughs> problems? I'm just saying. Um, but no, I mean Harden. Harden is, uh, you know, he. This is where we are now. Guys get the money they want to get. And they say, I'm going there and work it out. And there's some theater about it. No, we're not going to do it. But it always ends up happening. Harden said, Philly or Brooklyn? They picked Brooklyn. Now he's saying, I want Philly. So, yeah. you know you know what I mean? Like, it, it, it just kind of ends up happening. And so there's going to be, you know, I, I fully expect he's going to say, I want to sign the deal. They're going to say no. He's going to say, all right, I want a Max. I'm going to Boston.
1: You know, there so is- how do you make, what do you, I mean, you're going to have to give up a lot of picks in that case.
0: Yeah.
1: Is Derek white, the guy that then gets moved or Marcus smart. Maybe. It, it, I mean, they're going to have to package a player oh, Horford yeah. and right. picks. And I, does that even get you salary wise? Like 15, yeah, he, what's Horford make? I thought his, takes a big dip. he's 27.
0: Okay. So you can, I mean, you can get there with, with using Horford's money and um and smarts yeah and smarts money and and then i mean you don't even need that much really no you you don't. the question is are you taking back are you taking back a bad salary i mean i think you have to turn value into that so then the question is (laughs) i think okay here's this is this is not this is more scary um but does that mean that we're looking at is, is is tight rob insurance you know, is Rob the guy you'd have to send out to make that deal deal work? I don't know that Peyton would be cool with that. He's the only person that he loves more on more than Bradley. So you're talking, turf, you're talking, you're I mean, talking Rob, Rob and Robin Horford. Yeah, because I mean, I don't, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just, ah. to, but I'm just saying value. I'm just trying to understand, like in terms of value, like how do you build a package
1: with what the films have? And like, I, I mean, it's, and keep it's heavy. And keep one of those guards and Brown and Tatum and right, yeah. But but you gotta keep Rob, dude. He's so I feel like that. Yeah, you gotta. I I'd I'd honest. I'd rather. I'd rather roll the dice with White and Smart and if we we do another show and
0: Rob. If we do another show before July, what will (laughs) you know? (laughs) It's a good question. We'll we'll see, but. but if we do another show, it, you know, sometimes we should talk about the relative value of Bradley Beal and what does that really mean? Um I we that, could, that that's a whole show. Really it's a
1: big ass salary. It is. And you're adding more salaries. Yeah, I know. That's even what I'm if he saying. doesn't
0: get that, he, he he's gonna get big money. And what value, right? It's kind of like the it's it's a supersized version of the of the Gordon Hayward conversation. We gave him, you know, do you give the guy $30 million? But how much you've he got, really two, stars. You got two stars,
1: you got two stars in Brown and Tatum. The only reason you make the deal for Beal is if this whole bull pet reported thing with Brown and they decide that they're not a good fit together and they need, you know, they need to separate to be individually successful, to have team success. Then, mm-hmm. then, then it's a Bradley Beal, like a Brown for Beal kind of thing. Which I, I would hate, you, you know. Need I would way hate more,
0: that. but you need more. Like you would, I don't think you can do that deal. I don't think you can do Brown for Beal if you're if you're the Celtics.
1: Like you, you I mean? need to get more it's, back.
0: It's too well. Maybe I I, I don't know I, I I've been so thinking about trying to get the third guy and how to get Beal to be the third guy. I, just talking a second about Beal because I don't like you said we could be talking about that the whole night, but. Beal is having a bad year, right? It's not good. He's hurt. He's shut down. He's done for the year. He hasn't been good this year. Um, But he can facilitate. He obviously can shoot the ball. He can create his own shot. Um, You know, those are all things that this team needs and can use next to Jason Tatum. Um, And I think he is a bit more malleable and a bit better of a fit next to Tatum than Brown is, um, but I, is it an either or? Can you can you fit all three? You know, I think we just saw in in Brooklyn um, that you know did that work? Did it not work? They only played sixteen games together. I don't know that we can really say anything about what those three talents look like next to each other. Um, I think the bigger issue at present, and do they helping.
1: really have a Kyrie Irving style personality oh, not. too? Right. See, oh that's the other
0: thing with those three is yeah. I mean, Beal is anti-vaxer, but that's a different that's a different deal, right? you know. yeah, but he's not really a is. flake. He's not a flake. No, no, that's flaky flake. Um, so yeah, I I I I think that they're the problem is is that there's so few opportunities to get a guy of that caliber, you know, and the Celtics maybe don't need to spend spend a dollar fifty on the dollar. To get that guy, you know, with Beal, maybe you only have to pay a dollar twenty-five. Is that worth it? You know, is it worth it to only have to a little bit overpay rather than stupid overpay? Um, and then you have those three guys, and and then you're you're talented. I think the biggest issue though is it's the connector piece. Like, part of me is almost like I almost don't want Beal. I think this is probably where you were going. I almost don't want Beal because. I want these two guys to kind of figure it out with smaller pieces and and maybe use that space and let them fill that space with their talents and their abilities because
1: that's exactly Frank- that's exactly that's exactly Go where I'm it. going. Go I'm thinking, no, I'm just gonna emphasize that very simple point. That's exactly where I'm going. I'd rather see them upgrade the pieces around those two and make those two the focal point and and that's why I say the only reason to go for Beal in the off season is if you're going to move Brown and say, we've got to try something different, Mm. but outside, outside of that, I just don't think you need to complicate it that much. I I honestly think that you could, especially because I think Rob is legitimately the third star in the waiting who Mm. plays a completely different style and can complement those two. You bring in a Bradley Beal and lose a Rob. Those three are just going to have, more complications that Brown and Tatum are just figuring out how to work through. Now you think bringing in Bradley Beal is not going to bring all those headaches back to the table. Mm -hmm. It it definitely will. The ball isn't going to move. You just trade it for somebody like Derek white so that that ball movement keeps going, but you didn't get a drop off in defense and necessarily offensive production by moving Richardson, right? Schroeder was gone. Anyway, both of those guys were gone after this year. Anyhow, so now you have this longer-term piece on a value contract. It could be that glue, as you said, insurance if it doesn't work out with Marcus Smart. The question all year is, is Marcus the guy? Can he be the guy? He is the guy. Now it's, can he sustain being that guy? Question all the year, can Brown and Tatum play together? And if they do, can they actually move the ball? Can they pass? Smart calls them out. Is Smart really the leader for this team? Oh, now they're doing it. And Smart's doing what he's supposed to do. Holy crap! Now it's all coming together again. I think I'm feeling better about this. Okay, so let's go get Bradley Beal and fuck it all up. <laughs> I, well, before
0: you went, you went there because you were you were going great, and then and then it kind of I, I heard the tires go like that, <laughs> that's, and then it just it, went, it was scary. see.
1: That's what I'm concerned about, though. Seriously, because because Rob, no matter all of that drama we just said, Rob just fits. He just slides right in, moves yeah. the ball, does the blocks. He's learning how to block to a teammate for an actual, you know, like, ter, um, you know, transition, attack, all of that stuff. It, it, like, it's coming together, but he doesn't get in the way. I'm yeah. telling you, I'm not saying Bradley Beal gets in the way, but somebody gets in the well, way. Well,
0: stopping, stopping short 80% of what you just said, okay, your rant. Um, stopping short of that. Lit- Let's just talk about the expectations, though, right? The expectations going into the year and what, we're, what we want, what we wanted to accomplish by year's end, right? And, and I think you're absolutely right. It was about Tatum and Brown's growth and about Smart growing into the role. That's
1: exactly here. what we talked about. We just thought they'd right? play better getting there.
0: Right, right. We thought they would be able to kind of pick it up and boom. We didn't realize Jason Tatum was going to be a 31% three-point shooter. We didn't realize that Jalen Brown was going to get COVID. We didn't realize that Marcus Smart was going to be, I mean, all that. But like, okay, fast forward to now on, you know, February 10th, 11th, whatever it is, 2022. If they can sustain this and you plug in pieces like Derek White, which theoretically, theoretically should be a perfect fit in continuing to build off the good traits that you need in Smart but also add a little bit of shooting. You are taking away some veteran leadership, but but plugging him into that place. I mean, to me, there's 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 still a hole there because we we've taken out two rotation pieces, we plugged in one, and 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 we have Tice now, who you know maybe fits in, maybe doesn't. I think the next piece, okay, after we talked about those, and those are far and away the most important thing for the franchise, right? Eight one two three, smart Tatum Brown. If they take off, Rob Williams ascension number four, right? We have four good pieces. Derek White very well could step into that fifth role, right? I'm not, I'm not
1: really talking about like. I still best like player, the swing wing but, thing that you're talking about. It's just so what. Right. What do you do without giving up too much and leverage Horford's contract and get the swing wing? Because that gives you six deep. That's what you're really getting at. Mm-hmm. You know, every team who's ever won a championship has a very solid starting five. And, you know, you could say, oh, yeah, Grant Williams or Tice. But the truth mm-hmm. is, is that six man needs to be a Derek White, needs mm-hmm. to be somebody who can score and direct the offense so everything remains fluid. That That's the key on that six man. So could be the swing wing. Derek White could still be in the starting sure. lineup if that's what fits. Could be the swing wing. But one of those two. I like saying "swing wing." It's my I know. Keep going, tonight.
0: keep going. I like it.
1: Keep going. So, so, so we have the swing wing. <laughs> swing, swing. We have the swing wing, and then we have Derek. White. Yeah, what right. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> All right, hold on. We're gonna come back butt? to that. We're co- going <laughs> The big game is finally here. That's right. It's this Sunday. And as we hit Super Sunday with the last game of the football season, Bet Online has got you covered, baby. From odds, scores, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, Bet Online is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. And it's not just football. Bet Online's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, Bet Online is your number one online wagering destination. Head on over to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to sign up today and get your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code. It hasn't changed, folks. It's the same one since the dawn of time. CLNS50, and it'll oh? get you started. Fastest way and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games, bet online where the game starts. Err. Err. Sweet. So so so,
0: well, uh, was, so what I was gonna say though, to go to that next piece.
1: So who is
0: have- it? You well, okay, but you have before you even get to the summer, though, you've now opened space. And this is now I'm going to play the hits. This is my hit. I've been doing this since 2005 on this show. What do I say? Play the kids, play the kids. That's what we're going to do. We opened up space, we play the kids. Peyton Pritchard, come on down. Aaron Neesmith, you come on down, brother. Let's go. We've opened up space. There's time. There's room. Ime. if you just – just, brother, come on. It's time. It is time, though. That's, yeah. we, need, we need players that can be traded. We gave away Romeo Langford. And a year from now, Peyton Pritchard and Aaron Smith are going to be the same spot contractually. Unless they Langford play. Is.
1: Unless they play. Well, well no.
0: Either oh, way, oh, contractually
1: the same value piece will be the same unless they play
0: well but but no because they have to start to get paid and that's part of the reason why the romeo langford trade wasn't as big of a deal in my mind i wanted them to develop him wanted to hold on to him i wanted him to be great but but the problem is he he's under he's he's extension eligible you know a year from then he's going to be in a spot where he's you know restricted for agency and blah 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 and you know he's not a great player so you don't have to worry about that stuff.
1: But You gotta know what you. If have you to had to guys. choose, would you have sent Neesmith instead of Langford? Like, no. take the con, take the contract part out of it. Just, just well,
0: player. I, I, I think Neesmith has the higher end at this point. Yeah, me too. That's I'm where just, I was at. I'm just too far down on Langford's ability to score the ball. I just don't think it's gonna happen for him at this point. It, it, he's tried. I just don't. I think it still could. I, I think he's probably one of the right place, but and he's ability... done some
1: interesting things in the playoffs. So when we hit playoffs, you might be like, Oh man, I wish we had Langford instead of Neesmith. That's a possibility. But I do think that Neesmith has higher upside. I do think his three point shooting. Like it, it, it's not horrible this year, but it's not what it was touted to be yet. Right. Brad. I, but I think, I don't think there's any shooter that can go without regular time
0: and shoot. Well, Right. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're, you know, <laughs> Duncan Robinson. Uh, Maybe know, J.J. LLS. Redick, but. Maybe, but, you know, he's, you know, that, that's the thing. Like, you need constant reps. You need flow. Yeah. You need to have all of that. You, coming in cold is, like, the hardest thing you can do in the NBA. And so, to say, well, why isn't Aaron shooting 40% from three? the guy's got the most inconsistent minutes of anybody on the Celtics roster. You know, he'll go from 15, 20 minutes, one night, to you won't see him for two weeks. This That's no way to develop a, team, a player. It's just, it's not. So you need to use this time. I don't care if it means, so let's count the guys in the rotation right now. We got Rob Horford Tatum Brown smart. We got Derek white. We got,
1: Grant Williams. Grant Williams. Okay. <laughs> so so we're seven we, deep now.
0: We're seven. So now
1: who I'm are we forgetting?
0: Peyton Pritchard,
1: Aaron, uh, Aaron Smith, and and Daniel Tice. There's your ten. Yeah, they did pare down the roster, but now they're talking about buyout candidates already. Right, right. So we're going to have some buyout guys they're going to be looking at. They're going to have some opportunities, but they're bench that players. could totally take those minutes away from Neesmith and Peyton Pritchard. That's the issue. That's the issue. That's right. the issue. I like like listen. As soon as they the, the other thing that they did, it wasn't just Marcus came around and everybody got healthy and the glue started to happen, and Jalen and Jason were figuring out how to move the ball and. It wasn't just all of that. They finally tightened up the rotation a little bit. They kind of said, Schroeder, you know, you're not really in the equation. I know he got some minutes, you know, the last few games, but they were sort of figuring that out. And Richardson, holy moly, you're in. And then, hey, Peyton and Neesmith and Langford, you're not going to get a lot of minutes now mm-hmm. unless it's a blowout. Fortunately, they hit a bunch of blowouts, so those guys did get some minutes through some of those blows. They also mm-hmm. played piss poor, In one of those games in the blowout and almost gave it away. But at the same time, I just think that they, the tightening of the rotation was critical in and amongst all of this. I think one of the reasons that the rotation didn't tighten sooner was like you said, all the injuries and everything that was going on, the disjointedness of the lineups and the rotations, they couldn't get it settled in. And then once, once the health came around and everything else, and then they started to work towards it. I think they started to figure out this is the tight rotation, but it also made it easier to make these kinds of moves. Josh Richardson was absolutely in that rotation, but the Derek White move makes lots of sense for multiple reasons. But they they took they
0: took between Schroeder and 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 Josh Richardson, they took out two guys, they added one in and Derek White, and he's not going to fill that void completely. with His minutes,
1: no, because so, you're talking thirty to forty two minutes a game between those two players outgoing. Yeah. Right. So there's there's, and some sometimes more than that. Mm-hmm. So, and then you and then you figure, Smith and Peyton, even in games where they were outside of the rotation, were right. still playing like four or five minutes. So there's a good chance there's about ten minutes a game for both of those players in a nine man rotation, depending on how the matchups dictate how much time Tice winds up getting.
0: So going back to what you were saying, which your your question, the swing wing. How do you get to the swing wing? the swing wing comes about Grant, because, Grant Williams. Well, maybe, Oh, you, you mean you, I see what you're saying. Yeah. You need the value from those 2020 draft picks to finally ring in. Yeah. You know, you need those guys or 2019 in, in Grant's case. Um, you need those guys to finally hit home. Right. And now there's going to be an opportunity. Hopefully. For those, for Lee and really all three of those guys, yeah, to play, and so that's the other part of what I like about what Brad did. They got under the tax. They brought in a long-term deal. Yeah, they're they have that they have that draft those draft picks they sent out, or a swap, and then one pick. I didn't like having to give Romeo, but you know, okay, we're gonna get
1: nothing for him anyway.
0: Right now, you've opened up time, so let's use the opportunity. Here, let's 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 take advantage of this opportunity, boys. <laughs> talking to Peyton Pritchard, talking to Aaron Neesmith right now. This is your time. This is your time to do that. And if they do, then let's let's say they do well. Let's say Neesmith ends the year like he did last year. Let's say Pritchard ends the year like he started last year. Like now, we're in a situation where maybe those pieces are a little bit more interesting for that swing wing guy that you're looking for. And so then it's two picks, those two young players, some contracts, and then you can get something. You know what I'm saying? That's, yeah. kind, of the, that's kind of the thing that I see is they need those young players to be interesting. Not great, but even interesting for somebody to say, okay, well, I'll, I'll have a couple late first rounds, mid first rounders, some salary matching that actually isn't going to cost me as much with Horford and, and two picks and, and and those two guys that might be interesting. Does it get you Bradley Beal? Uh, Maybe, maybe not, but it might get you somebody who's, you know, tertiary, you know, you know, the Jeremy Grant level. That's, Mm. that's what I'm thinking. You start plugging in a guy at that level, a Derek white here, somebody who knows he's going to be
1: secondary to Brown and Tatum and right. doesn't have a problem playing the defense and has been in that role. And I like the Jeremy Grant version of your story because he had a down year this year. So mm-hmm. after kind of being like, oh, I'm going to be the man, he got a little humbled. It might fit in perfect in a winning situation to like justify that level, but then get that high impact because he knows he can be a go-to guy when he's on. But take a little bit of that pressure off. Take a little bit of that responsibility off, and all of a sudden, he looks like a different player in Boston, potentially. I like that one. Um, so, I want to this is the last thing I want to end on. I want to talk about Grant Williams and like mm-hmm. they went and got Tice. So, do you look at it like Rob and Tice are the centers, and Grant and Horford are the power forwards? And then at this point, Tatum's playing the three so that that works. And Brown's playing the two, and Nismith is kind of piggy, you know, kind of backing up those two. And then at the same time, White is kind of backing up Smart and Brown also, because here's the here's the disjointedness for me. That this is where it gets a little weird in the rotation. I feel like it helps that Br- that that White comes off the bench, but you're going to have a lot of White and Peter, Peyton Pritchard time mm-hmm. with Brown at the three and then maybe Grant at the four when Tatum's resting. But the truth is, if you don't go like that kind of a route with it, because you can't have Neesmith out with all those bench guys, it's too much of a wholesale swap out, right? And you're kind of like figuring it out. So it's almost like Grant has to back up Tatum in in, in most of those minutes, really. It's it's a hard fit. Because otherwise, you're looking at something that looks a lot like smart, Brown, Tatum, Grant, Horford, Rob. And Grant, Horford, Rob seems just a little too big. <laughs> I think what you do,
0: the six-man role kind of thing kind of rings true to me, right? So if Horford, I mean, the way they've been doing it is they, they have been sitting Tatum early, right? Keeping the rest of the group together. And having, I think, Richardson come in, I think, those that they were doing, or or Schroeder. I can't remember exactly how they were. It's going to
1: be be a Neesmith or a White.
0: I think it's White. I mean, I think White is, I think he, you don't spend that much on a guy unless you think that they are near starter caliber. Yeah, no, I
1: agree with that. But you you say, but you're leaving all the other starters out there already. So you're saying you bring him in for Tatum and then start, the slow switch around and figure out what the road. So where does grant fit into this? Cause I've been extremely pleased with his performance. Does he still slot in the next same guy? Place he's been. Yeah. Cause the next guy
0: out is Horford because Horford then comes back and he's the five with the next group, or then you would go back to back with three man, big rotation. And I could see, the Celtics so doing Tice that
1: might sit on the outside of all that. I,
0: yeah. You might go from an eight man rotation to a nine very quickly because you try to rotate, you try to cut down Horford's minutes to under 20. So if you keep him under 20, you get, you get, you know, Tice at 25, let's say they got 45 minutes or, or, you know, 20, 20, oh, 20. So you're
1: giving Tice big minutes. Why are you cutting Horford down so much?
0: Because he's Just 35 years fresh? old. Yeah, trying to keep him fresh for the post. I think he looks so much better when he has limited minutes. I mean, I think you know in the playoffs you you, you maybe bump him up a little bit. Um, I think Tice, you know, Rob is around thirty. I mean, I'm just just look at the four position. You know, you get Tice is at twenty, Rob's at twenty, or Rob's at thirty. That's fifty minutes. Then you got Horford at twenty minutes, at seventy minutes.
1: You still, still haven't even gone to Williams. It's twenty-eight minutes there. to go.
0: Okay. So you, you know, you know, if you get Grant in there for for another fifteen, maybe you can leave. Maybe that's the other part of this. You know, maybe there's, maybe that's what part of this is about: is to try to get, you know, more minutes for Tatum and Brown at two and three to go back to what you were talking about the yeah. start of the year. I, I don't, I don't think so. With that four that's, five, I don't that, think it works.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I mean, think it works. Yeah. I think our
0: I think our lineups work best with Rob and Grant, or Horford and Grant, or or you know Tatum at the four all the time. I think those are the best lineups. I don't think the yeah. Tatum. I don't think the Horford Rob lineups work. I don't think the the Tice. You know rob minutes will work either i think that will be it no because
1: you've got to have a shooter at the four out there with rob
0: and and that's surreal
1: no that and you're right that's why grant and horford work tice doesn't but so does tatum Mm -hmm. so rob basically works with everybody but tice yeah i think that's right
0: although i will say i mean to, to horford
1: and tice worked before right
0: right Right. Horford and Tice, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Great that
1: communicators, a, great position sure. defense. I could but, see those minutes with the bench unit.
0: But to your point, I mean, in terms of what, I mean, this is the worst shooting year um, Tice has had. Oh, I guess he was worse last year in Chicago. His, a little bit, he was in Chicago, he was worse, but, but this is the worst shooting season he's had. So, um, you know, part of that's playing where he's been playing in Houston. I mean, there's not a lot of openings there, but um, you know, gotcha. I'm also glad to see Ennis Cantor gone to be or Ennis Freedom whatever. I'm glad. I mean, I like the the size he could throw against the guy, but it the defense. Yeah, it just yeah, didn't it didn't fit what they were doing. No, yeah. no, not at all. So I'm glad they got rid of that. I think that what they're going to do is they're going to they'll go out, they'll add a couple guys from Maine, and uh I think they'll probably you know try to get somebody in the. On the, the scrap heap there. Who knows? Maybe maybe Joe Johnson comes back. Maybe that's maybe that's one of the moves they, they have. So many roster stuff. They legitimately have to
1: sign a whole bunch of guys tomorrow. So some of this will be completely outdated but we get. To I, think the, I think the I think the vets like the Joe Johnsons makes a, a ton of sense because mm-hmm. they don't expect minutes. They don't have to play minutes. They bring valuable locker room presence. And it. if you really did need something in the postseason you could probably get it out of them for one game or one quarter. Right. Right. And 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 that's that's beautiful for what they're trying to do with a tighter rotation and you can rely on those guys in those spot minutes not to make a lot of mistakes. I don't doesn't make any more it doesn't make any sense to add those main guys or any young guys that need minutes. You know, because right. it's just no point in that at all. I I love the go get you some oldies, bring them back onto the team um and the oldies yeah bring bring <laughs> back the oldies there's definitely like a cd like something with the oldies hitting uh, remember, remember uh remember freedom rock I do remember freedom rock the commercial with the yeah. hippies is awesome yeah, that's right
0: that's there for people of a certain age i guess that'd be your age of mine there's a, there was an ad kids just go on youtube type in freedom rock that commercial was on, like, all the time. Unbelievable.
1: Yeah, makes you know, me, it makes me think of, of Vern, you know, Ernest. Oh, he was on, yes.
0: Yeah, same era. Because same he era. was
1: everywhere. Yeah. Jim I can almost
0: recite the whole commercial it was on so often. It's oh, curse! I've been 35 years. It's been 35 years. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway, we we're, we're, were going off the rails. but I, you Well, know, we're, we're at the
1: end anyway. But We yeah. are. But, yeah. but, Let's but, tidy this up. T- speaking of tidying up,
0: so... Where are we now? We are uh, seventh seed right now, right? We are um, standing with, you know, a half game, uh, half game out of Toronto the six, um, a full game ahead of Brooklyn, you know, three games ahead of Knights with Charlotte, you know, four games ahead of the Hawks. But they're playing well. We're playing well. Um, Toronto is really playing well obviously we had the whole Philly and Brooklyn trade, which is going to probably change a lot. What do you think? How do you think this is going to play out as we kind of turn around the bend here with like 30 games to go or 20? Hold on. Let's see. Let's see if i going to figure it out a little more than, I guess a little more than 25 games to go.
1: As far as roster standings. I no, mean- no, no,
0: no, no. I'm talking about like final seeding, like, can yeah, that's what I, that's six? what I meant. No, okay. I didn't mean
1: roster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
0: Can we get in the top six? Well, we're Is what seventh right, Is we're seventh, we're, we're seventh right now. We're seventh.
1: We're seventh right now, and seven. we're what two two losses behind the next one. Is that what it yeah, was? Two losses
0: behind the Raptors, three behind the Sixers, and fifth.
1: Yeah. So I mean, Harden brings a lot to the table, and he shoots from outside. Mm-hmm. I feel like Philly didn't have Ben. So any disjointedness from bringing in Harden mm. doesn't hurt them. And it, it still, you know, like they'll, they're, they're probably going to get better. I think catching Philly is mm. going to be tough. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we could totally take Toronto mm. as long, as long as Derek white, like that rotation fits and they keep up this defensive effort mm-hmm. uh and the, and the ball movement, which, you know, really looks like that should happen, and he's a Popovich USA Basketball kind of guy, so he should fit in quickly. Mm. So I'm not sure that they necessarily maintain a winning streak for another six games, seven games. But I think they could play. I bet they. I bet they could win two thirds of their games the rest of the way with a tighter rotation and uh, continued ball movement and and commitment to defense. I'm still a little worried about that rotation with Grant. I just still not totally sure how that all comes together but so i definitely think they can overtake toronto i don't to me brooklyn's the biggest mess you're trying to integrate a guy who hasn't been with you all year and ben simmons who doesn't shoot outside with part-time performances from kyrie irving and and where's durant's health at like what are we looking at timeline four to six weeks four to six more
0: Mm -hmm. oh maybe maybe it's four more for now but yeah yeah
1: you know so and, end of end of you know middle of the end of march i think they keep sliding in the win. i mean in the standings big time yeah so i think i think we could i think we could get up to the fifth seed i don't think we'll be top four mm-hmm. but i think i think we'll get to the fifth seed i think we can overtake toronto and i think i think the nets are in for a bumpy ride and, and their hope was this wasn't working out with hard in any way when we get to the postseason mm-hmm. You know, we'll have Durant and Kyrie and Ben Simmons likes to move the ball and isn't a shooter, so we can use him as kind of this point forward, get Kyrie off the ball a little bit more, have him cutting, and then have Durant continue to to space everything, knowing that Kyrie still could. I think that'll I think I actually think Brooklyn will be super dangerous in the postseason. They're going to be the the lower half that you didn't want to play. The, the one like I think they'll kind of pull it together, but I think they're I think they're up for a really bumpy road to finish out the year. So yeah, I'll say we'll get up to the fifth seed.
0: I I, I agree. I think we can get in the top six. Which if you if you had you know if we had amnesia for the first you know half of the season and you started right now, you'd be like, oh, okay, yeah, there's a whole bunch of injuries and we're pretty close to there. That'd be that's pretty great. That would just be you know ignoring what we saw the first season, which yeah. is ab- just absolutely abhorrent basketball. But, you know, if, if you ignore that and look at where we are now, it's great. Um, you know, the the challenges, we haven't had a lot of games against the metal, the iron of the league um, through this run. But here's the thing. The Celtics throughout this season and, and even last year, they had the ability to play with the Milwaukees, the Miamis, you know, the Phoenixes, the Golden States. That was never the issue. It was never the issue of having them bring their best against the best. The issue was always the consistency, right? That was always the problem. So if you can get to a point now where you're able to do the consistency thing against the bad teams and you play up, you play to the level of maybe what your level should be, it shouldn't be an issue. Maybe you fall short because you don't have enough talent.
1: Maybe schedule's you know. more favorable too, though.
0: Absolutely. I
1: mean the, the schedule was brutal and it was and everything else was hitting them at the same time. So that's a factor in their ability mm-hmm. to play at their level and not down a level in those games. And they're trying to hit their stride down the stretch, and they have a lot to prove. So, mm-hmm. you know, this could be one of those surging team you know, kind of mentalities just because they're making up for lost time, so to speak.
0: Now, the Celtics have, because of this recent run, their schedule has balanced a little bit. They now have, like, kind of middle of the pack remaining schedule. Um, The average, actually the average strength of all the opponents remaining is 500. So if they play at this level and and they play against 500 level opponents, they should do well, right? So that's yeah. that's, a, that's a good thing. I, I guess, you know, I look at them and I How say, many games
1: remaining? I know I got to wrap this in a second. I was trying to do the
0: math. 26 games, according to Tankathon.
1: Okay, so, 26 games left. Yep. And what's their, uh, I got to pull up their record. It's 25 losses, like 31 wins. Yeah, yeah, 31. Is that yep. what it was, 31 and 25? Yep. You got I it. I didn't have it in front of me. All right, yep. so 31 and 25 with 26 games to go. I think they could go 18 and eight. Yeah. So 31 and 18 is 49. I mean, what did we say? I bet we said 48 I, to 50 I, wins I, at the did. beginning of the year. I did.
0: I think I said 49 wins. We were, so. Yeah,
1: we were like, right. At, so there you go. Yeah. I mean, 18 and eight is 10 games above. Right. But if you're playing 500 teams, you know, that's and that's basically two thirds of your games, which is what I said before, you mm-hmm. win two out of every three.
0: And, and I'll tell you what, like, are you scared of Miami? I'm not. No, Milwaukee. No, we, we should be,
1: though. We Giannis
0: should be. figured out some things. The Bulls, they've never done it together like this. Cleveland's never been there.
1: Cleveland you know? is such
0: a weird riser. Toronto. Like, I just feel like I think the Celtics are a team. If they can keep playing this way and plug in white, like you had said, I mean, they could really be a team that is maybe bottom half or doesn't even have first round, you know, home court just because of, you know, they're, they're digging themselves out of such a hole, but I could easily see them being a team that, that upsets that first round series.
1: And if then they, they become 50, that
0: team. No one wants.
1: If you get 50 wins in a season, regardless of what, how you got there, mm-hmm. you're a dangerous team.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so you take a 50 win team that's surging. That had a lot go wrong at the beginning of the year. Don't get me wrong; lots of teams yeah. dealt with COVID and injuries yeah. and everything else. So, but more so than most. But more so than most, and yeah. added, at a at a time where the schedule was not favorable to be living through that, yeah. you know. So, like, there was a culmination of factors, and still a disjointed rotation, a better one, but a, mm-hmm. still a disjointed one. Mm-hmm. And so, if if yeah, if Derek White smooths out that rotation, fifty wins is possible. If you're a fifty win surging team heading into the postseason, with all the bizarreness that this is, it's almost like the Cincinnati Bengals going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> you could definitely make some noise.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: I agree. Yeah. I think
0: they can make some noise, and I think they can. I think they can do more than just have a nice play. You know, first round series. I think they can actually win a first round series. Oh yeah. And they get can they get much deeper? Time will tell. Time will tell. I mean that's that's more about. Tatum and Brown going from being rudimentary playmakers or at least Tatum being, you know, kind of going from rudimentary playmaker to a decent playmaker to somebody who can really know when to pull the levers and when to pull. You know what it really is?
1: It has everything to do with the defense and the performance of this team ahead of the pack defensively going into the postseason. True. If they're playing that level of defense, I, I hear you on the offense and it's critical because they haven't been able to figure out how to get their guys the shots to take over games. They don't have a go-to takeover guy in the postseason without the ball movement, really. I mean, Tatum is that guy, but the teams mm-hmm. – other teams have figured out how to game against that. It's just too much. It's too much. Mm-hmm. But defensively, if you can save a couple of games where that's not working mm-hmm. and then string some games together where that ball movement is working, and you're if you can play at that level of defense that we've seen mm-hmm. – you got a really good shot at making some noise in the postseason because that's the way it is every single year. The team that plays the best defense in the postseason usually ha- is is right there in the end. So that's going to do it for this week's show. All right, all right. I'll let you. I'll let you have one last word. But I always want to have one last word, and then we never end. Okay.
0: But the last word. The last word I have is so the Celtics are five games back. Five games back of first place in the East. With, 20 With twenty-six six games to go. to go, there's plenty of enough time to even go all the way to the top. Crazy as that is to say, it's possible.
1: And that's going to do it for this week's show. (laughs) As a reminder, you can support Celtic Stuff Live by following us on Twitter at CSL underscore tweet live. You can follow John at CSL underscore Duke. I'm at CSL underscore Justin and not very active lately, but I will get my head out of my butt. Thank you to uh, Bill, a longtime listener and fan, for emailing me and asking me, hey, where's the show where you're all down because everything's horrible? (laughs) Oh, wait, where's the show that everything is awesome and the future's bright? Oh, Where's the show with the (laughs) trade deadline? Well, here we are. We packed it all into one. Thanks for your patience, everybody. Hopefully you find this long before the All-Star weekend or you didn't give up on us already. Hopefully we'll be uh, a little bit back. Had some things going on. Needed to uh, focus my attention for the last six weeks since the holidays on some things. It's not John's fault is what I'm trying to say. And hopefully you'll hear from us more as we get closer and closer to the postseason as we watch the Celtics play these last 26 games. Heartfelt thank you to everybody for tuning in. And a be- big special thanks to uh, Nick Gelso, the founder. And on behalf of my co-host, John Duke, I'm out of practice. Justin Poulin, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Selling Stuff Live.